What's happening, people? Welcome to Aaron G's podcast, episode number two. With me today is Dave, and he's from London. I've only just met him right now, and we're about to have a conversation for you. So, Dave, whatever you want to do, I sort of try to get a, a glimpse into your early years, where you're from, your age, and so on. Can you give yeah. us some insight, please, mate? Yeah, so um, I'm 43, from London, originally born in Battersea, and grew up around southwest London, um, living in Surrey at the moment. Um, what's your life been like? Um, has it been law abiding or has it been? Mm, not, not fully. So I feel like I'm sort of on a probably about the fifth version of myself right now. All oh, right. So, so uh, you've reinvented yourself yeah, five like, times. Like, yeah, that number five. Going through that kind of, um, you know, my young life, you know, your ch childhood life, and then sort of hit teens and. Well, elaborate on your childhood life then. Give us a so, give us a bit of insight yeah. into. So for me, um, I'm from a split family. My mum was 17 when she had me. Yeah, very young mum. So that was obviously difficult for for her, I would have thought. So um, and so so it was quite um, it was a difficult upbringing. Um, yes. There was violence in the house, violence from my mum, little very little love and, and care kind of thing. Or oh, that's how I perceived it. And that's how I felt it. So it's is that how you grew up with that sort of feeling that you you weren't loved and you weren't wanted sort of thing. Yeah, that was it. So that's that for me that was exactly there were a lot of incidents. There was violent incidents, there was divorce and leaving and, and lots of different things. But for me there was an incident where I at the time I think I was about seven or eight and I I really loved my mum still at that point. And what happened was I used to kind of make her little gifts and write little letters and things and she, I was she she sort of come in one day got the letter and came in and said, um, don't do that, I don't want that. And that kind of had this, it had an impact, you know, I was like, what? So was that, was that your way of appealing to your mum, that you, you want her, you love her, and she sort of just like ripped it up in your face? That's what it felt like, yeah, because yeah. I think I, I knew that at that point I was still, you know, young, sensitive, loving was fine, and it was a bit, it was a rejection for me. It, it, right. it kind of turned something for me that that weren't. So at an early right. age, mm. rejection's kicking in? Yeah, that, that, that was the message. Did that, that rejection sort, sort of like follow, follow you around for the next 20 years? Or was the rejection a big thing in your life then from that? Yeah, well I think for the, after that I, I avoided rejection. So I kept everyone as far away as possible. Yeah. I found a way to just keep Deal with the distance. Um, yeah, you understand what you Rather mean. than even deal with a rejection, I just I just didn't allow anyone close enough to feel rejected most of the Putting time. Putting your walls up, defending yeah. yourself, right? Yeah. So that, that was that was at early age, mate. Yeah, well, it was. That was when I kind of um, started to, to to feel that and started to kind of understand that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to be. So I was a sensitive, like intelligent yeah. individual, and I started to feel like. I'm gonna to have to be a bit different if I'm gonna survive. I'm not gonna. Right. So, did, did from then on, let's take it up to years 15 onwards. Mm. So we've jumped a bit. Yeah. But let's go into like your early teenage years then. Mm. So I was life there. Yeah. So by that time, I was football was was my saviour. Right. At that. So through sort of what early team? teens, teens, I was a. Man United fan. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the fence with football yeah. these days, mate. So, but no, I well, yeah, same. Football's kind of lost. Gives you, it know. gives you focus, yeah. though, doesn't it? Yeah. It, for me, at that point, I was playing for various teams. 
uh, training all the time, playing for my school. Football was my outlet in terms of playing, in terms of watching, in it, everything. So without football, I, I would have been in a, in a struggle very early Yeah, on, in a completely different place. Yeah. And so, so football gave you that distraction? It, yeah, it kept me, it kept <coughs> me in, um, it kept me on the straight and narrow to an extent. So it stopped me from getting into drugs, definitely, because I wanted to keep healthy. But what it, it also allowed me to kind of um, explore this masculine, I, I could be tough, I could be competitive. Right. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd get into fights and that at school as well. So did it give you, did it give you a sort of, an ego? Pro yeah, yeah. It became it became a release, and then it did become what I who I had to be. You know, I'd go on the you, pitch. You had to stand into them yeah, shoes now and be that. Like I had to be the tough guy on the pitch, yeah. rather than my footballing ability. Now it became about um, who's tough here, and am I going to out tough them? And right. That kind so of thing. What, once you're on that sort of little path, you've got you secure a status, don't you, mate? You, you yeah. become mm. oh, yeah. Uh, watch Emmy tackles hard or whatever. Yeah. And that was. Do you feel you've got to uphold that status then? Yeah, totally. And that was really important to me that I had that because yeah. this is how I kept a distance from men, particularly. I wanted you to be somewhat intimidated so you wouldn't get too close, you weren't too sure. Because my belief somewhere would be you'd want to hurt me. Right, so mm. the way I'm getting it here, if I was to come get close to you, I would see your vulnerability and mm -hmm. take the piss out of it. Is mm -hmm. that how you felt? That's what the feeling was. That's what I'd be worried about. Yeah, that's what you'd be worried about. Yeah. So Someone I, getting close, yeah. seeing that you're a bit vulnerable yeah. and taking the piss out of it. Yeah. That's happened to me loads of times. Yeah. Yeah. It happens and to loads of men. Yeah. Not many men like to admit that because yeah. of the muscularity and all this nonsense. Mm -hmm. But it happens to loads of men. And, yeah. and there's a lot of men, you see them on the front, they're solid, mm -hmm. strong, but they're vulnerable. Yeah. They've all got their insecurities. Everyone's got their insecurities that they hide away, and they've hid for years and years, haven't they? Yeah, 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 totally. And I think that's something that I've come to an understanding later on in life, recently, that actually that vulnerability that we're hiding holds some real beauty and strength. Exactly. And that's what that's that. This is where I'm at now in a in a position in life yeah, yeah. where it's like trying to teach that that's where the courage is, like in the vulnerability. When when you show that. That's where the bravery comes through. When totally. you're vulnerable and yeah. you're insecure and you're scared, yeah. confronting that is yeah. what's making you strong. That's, if you yeah. hide from it, it's always going to chase you. It's like anything. If you, if you run from anything, it chases you. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. If you're running from it, it's following you. Yeah. If you stand and confront it, it might hurt. But then you stand and confront it again. You become stronger. And that's when I refer to inner wealth and strength mm. and conviction of your mind. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. You know, confronting your vulnerabilities, confronting your insecurities. Yeah. Don't try and mask them because you'll never mask them. They always resurface. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. I think that that's the... Um, w when I've been vulnerable and I've shown vulnerability, I always get the feedback. How brave, how courageous. All the things that I was trying to be by hiding it, they're the things that people yeah. tell me that I am if I do be honest and vulnerable and authentic. Because that's where true strength is, mate. That's where true yeah. bravery is. You know, conquering oneself. Yeah, totally. You can't conquer others until you've conquered yourself. Mm. And once you've conquered yourself, you're a powerful individual. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing brave for us in going a fight because that's what we know how to do. Yeah. So it's no longer courageous or brave to do that. Like it's now it's a brave, courageous thing not to and exactly. to stand up against it. You're more powerful, you're more strong mm. and you gain more respect if yeah. you deal with situations 
in the right sense. Yeah. Years ago, uh, impulsive. Wah. Exactly. On the spot, big a chin. Da -da -da. As you grow older, you start realising, I'm gone. What, how was I behaving back then? Yeah. Half of these lads now, 18 up to 26, haven't really got a clue what they're doing to their lives. They haven't, you know, mate. They're all mm. caught up in all this madness and they don't really know what they're doing. Mm. They haven't got a clue what they're doing and it'll lit them when they're 30, 31, when they see the mate flying, full employment, little family going, mm. and they're finished, they're starting to square one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Have you done any jail, Dave? Yeah, yeah, so... How, how much jail have you done in one hit? Uh, I, I got a two and a half year sentence. Is that the longest sentence? That you've was done? the longest sentence. That was when I was 24. So what what happened for me when I was about 17? I kind of realised I wasn't going to be a professional footballer. So did you throw all your eggs in that one basket? Yeah, that was it. That so was the education went out the window. The sport yeah, kicked in. That was it. Yeah, that was for it. all you kids out there that are committed to sport, MMA, boxing, football, doesn't matter what it is. You need to broaden your horizons and always have a backup plan. Because you might make it in your sport. You might get a few years in it and then get kicked out of it or fall out of it. You need something to fall back on. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, no, totally. I totally agree with that. And for me, what happened is, my, what I had, my understanding that I'd got to is that my only option was if I didn't become a footballer, the only possibility for me to make it would be a notorious gangster. Exactly. That's it. That's that's, that's kind of the only option. Well, they're the only two icons me. you've got in society yeah. these days. The footballers, for male male yeah. icons, if it's not sport, mm -hmm. it's gangsterism, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. At that time as well, there were a lot of books around. You know, the governor, the craze. Yeah. There was a real kind of notoriety around. Yeah, that there sort was this of real kind era. of yeah. thing. So, so it pulled a lot of people in that. To be yeah. honest with you, like the cray films mm. and all, all yeah. them mad enticed. Like a generation into gangsterism, totally. didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think a lot. I think a lot of music did gangster rap was was big at that time. Yeah, it's all kicked in at the same time. Of, yeah, it was a so major influence in the eighties, weren't it? Huge. Yeah, definitely. To us. Yeah, and when our I, generation, I'm around your your age, yeah, so it's it was, yeah. it's our generation that got yeah. influenced a lot by Absolutely. Tupac. Yeah. Fifty cents. Yeah. You know all that stuff. Yeah. All that. All all those in, in and the on films. the estate. It, yeah. The only boss cars you're seeing on the estate are the drug dealers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, so there was a lot of that. So that was the only way that I felt that I would, I was going to make it. Now that now that football was out the window, so I got into. I met I met an Irish crew and got into dealing drugs. Um, I never took drugs, but you know, it, it was it was a strange situation. It was like. They saw something in me that I would in, that I would help enforce whatever they needed yeah. to do, and that's is that where the violence do. is coming back yeah, to the front basically. again. Basically, I was I was their front man, first man in whatever was going to happen. Yeah, they saw that in me. I was only sort of 17, 18, 19, but obviously they saw that in me and and gave me that, and I was happy to take well, that's that what on. Happens. Yeah, you was happy mm. to take it on because of the situation you was in. Mm. But if you're 19 and you've got 30-year-old men looking at you thinking he's game, he's mm. dangerous. Exactly, we can use him. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. We can use him. Totally use him. It's not bring him in as a brother and let him no. eat his Christmas dinner with us. No. We can use him, get him on board, give him a little wage, you'll have him doing madness yeah. then. Get rid. Totally. The first the first deal that they had me doing, they had me doing it all with fake notes. So like, you know, they just put me right in danger. So they I got look yeah, at it went now. right, he's, we'll this, get in, yeah, give him ten yeah. grand of fake notes, go down there, buy yeah, that off them. That, yeah. You get your legs broke yeah, there, sweet. Yeah. That's it. And and I got we got caught. Uh, there was two of us went, we got caught. Luckily I was able to handle the situation, but 
that's, it that's, could have, it yeah, could totally. have and they, did, and they didn't care, yeah. So it wasn't about, oh yeah, this guy's tough, let's bring him in and he's going to grow with us. It's like, let's just, you let's know. Let's get him in, use him for a few yeah, years. Yeah, use him and, and, and that's what they would And that's what's very relevant now, mm. right across the board. There's yeah. loads of kids who haven't really got a clue. They, they get put in the passenger seat, a little bit of money, a bit of weed. Before they know it, they're on board, getting used. Exactly. They're either grafting, minding, burning something. Yeah. They're just getting used and abused, and then yeah. when they realise, they only realise when, when the leader's put in jail, Yeah. and so they're yeah. sitting next to them, not getting looked yeah. after. Yeah, that's right, and there's a, there's, there is a lot of that happening at the moment. Loads of it, too much of it. And, and this is what, as youngsters, we don't realise. As youngsters, we think that we're going somewhere, we think we're part of something. And, you know, this, this carried on for a while with me, um, with dealing heroin, then it was dealing cocaine. So you got, you got to 24. And then twenty. You, went, you got two and a half years. Yeah. So what actually? I mean, ironically, what happened is when I at uh, twenty-three, I, I was never. There was something in me that didn't really want to be in that thing. So when I was twenty-three, I, I was doing a bit of scaffolding. I tried to set up my own business. Good. And I did manage to set up my own business, but I never fully let go of the tough guy kind of. There's always a possibility that I might carry on and yeah, although yeah. I, was, I was coming away from it but I never fully let it you go. You never committed? No, not fully. You and never committed fully? No, and one day... Um, if you don't commit fully? No, it ca- it'll come back. It comes down on your mid So Commit fully? Yeah, totally. And, and what happened for me in that situation was um, I still had a gun that I had from previous and they the police knocked on my door one day and they were, they were not, they said they were there for stolen mobile phones and accessories, which well, it was nothing to do with me. But when they searched the house, they found a firearm. And it was just before the five-year mandatory, so I ended up getting two and a half years. Well, what kind of firearm was it? It was just a small mini Beretta. It was a rebore. It was nothing like, it wasn't a major but thing. But still it dangerous. Just, it was dangerous, yeah, definitely. In the right hands, yeah, it's yeah. dangerous. Uh, well, in the wrong hands, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, definitely. It's a gun, it's dangerous. Exactly. It was a, it was a firearm. It was dangerous. It was it was for that, you know. It wasn't... It wasn't Right, but for you, as a 24-year-old man, getting two and a half years with a firearm, mm. did this not add to your status as I'm this big tough guy status? Well, did, did. When you went into prison, did you have that status in prison? Yeah, so I, I went to Wandsworth, which is my local nick, and so there were a few people that knew me and I was around there. So, yeah, the, 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 the level status of kicked charge, right back in. Yeah, and the level of charge helped, you know? If yeah. I'm in there for... Stealing, yeah, out yeah, of yeah, it's not, you know, but yeah. when you know, so there is that element where you, you, you know, your level of charge, you can say, yeah, firearms, and, and someone goes, okay, that's quite serious, you know what I mean, and then and you can have that kind of, it does create a status on some level. That was that your first sentence? That was my first sentence. What was your yeah. last? How old that, was that? Yeah? Was, that was that was my was last. Was your first sentence. and last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two and a half years for firearms. Yeah, and so luckily for me, as I when I come at that time. I was Jim Audley, that time was... You had it nice, mate, if you were the Jim Audley. Yeah, I managed to get, that's what, I managed to get Jim Audley. Trust the position as well. Yeah, I used my football, basically. It was football that got me to that, because the uh, gym gym officers, once I finally got in, they saw I could play football, they were like, oh yeah, this guy's all right. But once they see you're good at sports in any gym, they they try... the gym screws try and get you in there, don't they? Because you're good for their environment, aren't you, basically? Exactly, yeah. so. So you got out of prison. Yeah. What was life? Was you still involved, making money through crime and what? Well, no, when I got out of prison, I wanted to go back. So I went back scaffolding on my scaffolder, right? And then I, went, I wanted to look for um, more um, 
uh, I wanted to set up my business again, sorry, is what I wanted to do. But it was going to take a bit of time because I'd started a business, I'd got somewhere with it. What I'd always wanted to do was if I did make any money, I wanted to turn it into legal money. and, and, and That's the way forward? Whatever, right? That was, that was how I thought it would go. But obviously, um, I didn't have much left, so I had to really dig deep again and start a legitimate business. And that's what I was spending my time trying to do once I got out of prison. But at the same time, I was still back in a... You're still back in your usual environment of your status and your your reputation to carry forward. Exactly. And and what had happened is going through prison, it's almost like starting again like when you're at school in a sense where you have to like go through this process of again proving what kind of man I am. Yeah. So that you can't do this or you can't do that to me. There's going to be no bullying here. So you have to get into this state of mind. You of, question yourself, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And so how am I going to how am I going to survive this? And you, just getting back in this state of mind was um, I end up you know, I had to go back to places that I was trying to get away from. So it, it, all these incidents, they kept bringing me back to a piece of me. That yeah, was, so, so, so the, the things in your life that you were trying to avoid, you had to meet them anyway. Yeah. You can't stop it. it mm. It's there, it's laid out for you. Everything you've gone through was there for a reason. Yeah. They mightn't be nice, but they're challenging you. They're giving yeah. you character. Yeah. Giving you that strength, what you've got now. Mm. You're changed man now, aren't you? Yeah. Reformed character yeah. now. Yeah. It took you long. But understand how long you were in the game for and mm. how long you had that mind for. You yeah. can't just swap it overnight. No. You're going to have some difficulties, aren't you? No, yeah. You know, you're going to have something appealing to get back or yeah. you might want a joint to go and chill with them lads and have a joint, mm. but you're going back into that circle of negative energy, aren't you? Yeah, totally. And a lot of what, the, um, a lot of what, what I learned and how I learned to be, if I can turn it around in a different way, they, they're, they're the same qualities that I need to use in a positive aspect. So all these things that I learned, I learned how to, 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 to take care of myself, how to be strong, how to be opinionated, how to do these, you know, how to act, how to be um, in action, you know, yeah. and, and things that when I, when I want to go a different way in life, I need to refer to those skills. I needed to use those skills, but in a different way. But something so massive to you, but so small if other people hear it, the fact that your mum said no when you were seven yeah. sent you off track yeah, completely. Totally. And I keep on saying to people, um, to save the future, you've got to protect the children. Mm. And the environment a child is brought up in and raised in is crucial. Absolutely. Into how he's going to become and where he's going to go in life. It's all about his initial 10 years in life, mm-hmm. his environment, who's raising him who's grazing them or who's praising them. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's exactly It all goes inside now. I agree. Um, as we sit here today now, you're involved with um, CIP, is it? CIP project, Can you yeah. give us a bit more insight into the CIP project and what it's about and what it does and yeah. how it's sort of helped you? Yeah. So what, so what, um, what you're saying there is like, uh, the way I see it as well, is, is there's, there's a level of trauma. We tend to think of like, awful events but trauma comes in many different forms it's not necessarily what happened it's what the child makes it mean about themselves Mm. when it happens so it could be what you would consider a relatively small event a father shouting at a son but if in that moment that that boy goes from thinking that he lives in a safe world to suddenly thinking he's not in a safe world 
and he Insecure. changes in that moment. Yeah. There's, there's these moments where we can have these like switches where we fragment. And that is, it, this is what I mean by trauma. It's not, it doesn't have to be the most awful event. It's just what did the child make it mean about it? Exactly. Him at that time? Trauma to you is completely different trauma to me. Yeah, there's no lead. You can get, you trauma. can get screams uh, and it's traumatic. Whereas mm. I can say, 10 people screaming at me and it's not. Yeah. So it, it affects people in different ways and it doesn't matter yeah. and how and small or big, Yeah. it's gonna affect the mind of whoever's being affected in it. Absolutely. And, and so that. let's put trauma into context then. Mm. Well, you've got trauma after a car injury perhaps. Yeah. And then you've got trauma of what? So I say you have, I think everybody has a traumatic event in their, in their history. Yeah. So trauma after a car accident is, is kind of like an, a, an immediate trauma that happens there. Right, so that's an Whereas, immediate trauma, impact, yeah. immediate trauma, yeah? Whereas there are other, there is a trauma that we might have experienced as a child that is repeating in our life and we're somehow repeating it and we don't realise that these You didn't events, understand it was traumatic yeah. until later on. And so when that feeling that we oh, felt, I know. Yeah, that feeling that we felt then, we'll feel again later on in life yeah, yeah. somewhere. But if we don't understand that that event is happening, then we'll keep thinking it's happening outside of us. But it's something that we're bringing with us. So, you know, let's say if you have an issue with an abandonment, let's say, and let's say your wife leaves the house and she's going to the shop, right? But there's something in your body that feels like she ain't coming back, she, yeah. right? It's your body that's feeling that's it. That's an insecurity. Yeah, and so then what happens there is, when you feel this feeling again, you're suffering that trauma, it's a trauma It brings thing. the trauma back because it's, yeah. it's so but you, used to it. And you don't know that, but what you're doing is, so you think it's her that's doing it. And this is how we end up reliving our trauma and then creating the scenario where in the end, that person does want to leave. They do leave, and you, and it proves. But you've you, made them yeah. leave in in your insecurity. You keep reliving in your traumatic yeah. ways. You've reliving that trauma. Put that much pressure on them. Yeah, you've made them leave. Exactly. And I've then, done that. And then, and then I've done that in a few relationships, mate. Right. And, then, and I didn't know. Yeah. Exactly. And so then, and then you prove it to yourself. Because after that, you knew you was right. See, I knew. Exactly. I told you you'd get up. Yeah. I told. But you've been. On them constant for the last few yeah. months, so yeah, and it's our that's trauma, trauma replaying constantly, yeah. consistently right replaying now. that trauma. Out. Mm. And so, in the CIP project, what we try and do is try and identify these traumas. Sometimes find a way to um, uh, go through them, process them, process them in a healthy way. Um, talk about is them. there a healthy way to process trauma? Because mm. I've had a lot of trauma. Mm. And every time I go into my trauma and try and deal with it, mm. I'm in a mess. Right, yeah. Complete mess. Yeah, yeah. So is there a healthy way to deal with it? Yeah, so... Well, obviously, mm. there must be, mm. because there's negative ways to deal with your trauma, yeah. self-harming, drug addiction, mm. all this sort of stuff comes on the back of trauma, doesn't it? Yes. Most of it. Mm -hmm. So this, when you talk about drug addiction... Uh, alcoholism, I mean it can be anything as well, this is the other thing. With drug addiction and alcoholism, that, that's it. really clear and obvious. Mm. Some, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's something that looks really uh, positive. It could be work, gym, uh, sex, porn, Facebook, all sorts, you know, like, so there's so many ways to try and escape. Yeah, um, the that, reality that of are, your trauma, yeah, the, the, which helps you cl cloak it. Totally. 
cover so, over it, and then eventually, years on in your life, yeah, it comes back out. Right, and so that's what you, I found out. Definitely, and so if you can become aware of the trauma and what the trauma is, then you have this moment where you can kind of really stop for a moment, even if you create a small pause between the moment that you're feeling the trauma and you react to it. You can ask yourself like certain questions like, is this really happening or am I kind of reliving my trauma? Yeah. Right? Just that small question Always might change, questions. you know, like change that thing. And in a moment, so if you could, what we try and do in the CIP project is create a safe environment, create a safe container with a group of people where you feel safe enough to relive your trauma amongst these men. And what often happens is the reason we don't relive it is because we're frightened of it. Right, we're frightened of what's going to happen, what's going to occur. I've confronted that yeah. in my life. I confronted yeah. them things. Exactly, and, and you have to because if you don't, you'll forever think that it's going to be a catastrophic event if mm. you do. So you'll find all them ways to avoid it. You could be alcoholism or, or drug, drug addiction. And I use gin. Yeah, yeah. So and there's that, and 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 you know, uh, there's a guy who does a lot of work with with uh, drug addicts, and he says one of the first things he says to a drug addict is, well done, you found a way to survive. Yeah, it just frames it differently. You found a way to survive. Now let's find a way to help you live, you know, so that you're it's not- It's no good to survive. Yeah, so, but, but this is what- I mean, it's good that they have survived, they survived because there's yeah. loads of drug yeah. abusers that don't survive. Yeah, totally. And, and, and what I mean by that is, it's not condoning any kind of drug abuse or any kind of abuse. It's saying that I understand that this isn't because you chose this. This is because you had no other way of getting through it. Now what can we do to give you a way of getting through it that's going to be healthy for you and your family? So that's CIP. Yeah. What does CIP stand for, do you know? Change is possible. Change is possible. Mm. Look into it, get onto it. Change is possible, as you know. We can all do it. So what are your plans and your prospects for the future then, Dave? You're a free man. Yeah. You've got a family? Yeah. I've got, that's it, I've got my, so for me, uh, I continue to do my own work, keep myself in a position where if I can So build, you're working on yourself constantly? Yeah, constantly. So everything that I, no, well, for me, everything that I deal with, my children don't have to. Right. right, I believe it comes down. It comes. It's, it's system, uh, systemic, right? So I'm still dealing with my mum and my dad's stuff, yeah. and I don't want my children to deal with mine and theirs. So they'll have their own stuff that they'll have to deal with. As long as I work on mine, then they ain't got to deal with mine. So that's boss, that Dave. Mm. Um, basically, you get people, parents, who are stressed out with the whatever. And they're bringing that stress into the kitchen at tea time in mm. front of the kids. Yeah. And that stress, whether you like it or not, goes through energy-wise. Yeah. The kids become stressed on the back of your stress. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying there, you work on yourself to keep your issues away from your children. Mm. That's boss, mate. Yeah, thank you. Is yeah. It, isn't that like? Isn't that? Isn't that what parenting is about? I think. I, I mean, yeah. It, it is, is me. Yeah. Yeah. It is a. It's a big part of what. Definitely. It is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That. Well done, lad. So what, what are your prospects now, employments? Yeah, so I've, I've still, I'm still a scaffolder. I've still got a small scaffolding business, but I've kind of, I've been studying in counselling. And hey, so you now I want to move into an area where I can counsel people um, and provide that service. And also with things like the CIP project with workshops and just giving, creating healthy spaces and safe spaces for men and women 
to enter and really because there's a lot of young on. young girls that are being groomed and mm. manipulated yeah and for me there doesn't seem to be a woman voice for them yeah well, we all be talking about men and young men and black mm. men and white men and whatever mm. but you're not really hearing young girls no. because in the streets of liverpool mates you've got girl gangs yeah and these girl gangs will, will, will attack anyone yeah You'll have seven girls and they'll attack a woman yeah. just for looking at them wrong. Yeah. But everyone's just leaving them in that catchment of... It's not really a problem yet. Yeah. We'll just let them crack on and when it's a problem, we'll address it. Mm. But in my book, prevention is better than cure. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I there think... needs to be a lot more focus on young girls and yeah. what young men can do to young girls. Yeah, young, yeah, young people all round. I think what's... The youth, yeah, basically the youth. all these children mm. from from year three up, yeah. they're our future. Totally. It, it is what and it is. If you don't protect these children, we've got no future. Mm. So all parents, sisters, brothers, nanas, neighbours need to realise them little kids running around there with the mum on heroin and the dad missing. He's mm. your future. Don't just leave them or yeah. just don't just leave her to rot away in the gutter. So that's basically yeah. what they're doing. Exactly, and what you're saying there is what's missing in society is elders. You know, in in history, there's always been elders to guide the young people coming through. Something we miss in Western civilization is initiation. So many indigenous cultures they initiate the men or the women coming through a, a, a true kind of movement from childhood into manhood, a real kind of happening. So they understand, and it's it's brought about by the elder Adulthood. men. Yeah, not even always father either, because there's always a father wound and a mother wound. That actually, that it's really important that so for 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 boys, that elder men are willing to come in and say, "Hey, listen, this you is can, this is life moving yeah, forward." I've always said, and some people might not like it, um, especially fathers. Mm -hmm. But I've always said this: you can always replace your father. You can never replace your mother, mm. never. Now, what do I mean mm. by that? You can get many men coming into your life and acting like a father figure mm. and guiding you right and doing all this, but you cannot get another woman that will show you the maternal love that your mother does. Mm. Some don't receive it. Some mm. of us don't get it off our mum, mm. and if we do, it's fake. Mm. But do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, I think I understand what you're you saying. Can have loads of, you can have loads of male figures in your life that can guide you and do exactly the same work as what your dad could. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. that? Yeah, I do. But yeah. there's not yeah. another woman that can do exactly the same work as what your mum can do for you. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's very vital that bond between man and woman. Yeah. And baby I think, and mum. Yeah. If that and if that's there, I agree that there's like a certain motherly bond. And if your father brings it, then you can have a deep bond with your father too. But like you say, if the father's not there, that that wound can can be. It can be healed by another father. It can be healed father. by other men taking that on and yeah. that's something that's happened in society a lot it's happening right a now. lot now you get loads of single mums and a man steps into yeah. the fold where another man should be yeah and does that family does that family the best he can do treats yeah. the kids like they're his own do you mm -hmm. understand yeah totally and and what you'll get is boys hit a period of time where they need, they need to the father figure the man yeah they need so. the father figure it comes into discipline it yeah. comes into focus it comes in you know you're a man yeah you're a male and if they don't if they if they only have 
the mother to come up against when they're trying to butt up against this. It's a man that they're looking for because they're looking to see where they begin and end. They're trying to figure out who am I? So I need to hit a guy so a guy can show me who I am and what how I am. How to act, how and to it, be treated. Yeah, and if I'm hitting a woman work. all the time, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't I know work. loads of, of mums that cannot handle their nine-year-old sons. Yeah. They can't handle them. Why? Because the dad's not there to discipline. So some, and some, so some of the initiations that I spoke about, actually they involve a literal tearing the child from the mother in the sense that the mother is in on it in these, in these groups. Yes. They know what's happening. They, they kind of offer a safe place and then the men come in and they literally tear the boy from the mother and there's just a true severing in that moment because what, they, what you find happening in our society now is that these boys, this is why you often find boys that are at loggerheads with their mum because they, they desperately know that somewhere they need to tear and find some autonomy from their mother, but there is no one helping them do that. There's no one else to that. feel secure around. Right. You're hitting the nail on they, the head, yeah. This is That's why they go to gangs. When you've just did that, they, that mm. yeah. resonated with me deep. You're right. When this is how they end up in gangs. So if you're 15... You're right, so I know you need to... You, you, you're rebelling against your mum. Yeah. And you want to get out of it. Mm. But your dad's not there. Exactly. And if your dad's not there, there's another male there. Yeah. And if that male figures a drug dealer on your estate, you're finished. Exactly. Because he's going to manipulate you, mm. groom you, and use you to totally. the hilt. And that's what's happening. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you're 15 years old and there's a group of 18-year-olds, you can easily become confused that they're men because you don't know what men are. Yeah. And so, again, in the CRP project, we you try and do that. You start looking up to people you think are adults, but yeah, you haven't got the adult mindset. Yeah. And so the models if, if you can create a place where there are men that young people can go to and be amongst, even if it's for a couple of weeks or a weekend, they'll never, be, they'll never mistake that again. They'll, they'll go in amongst 18-year-olds well, and not feel that, like they were men. That's sort of what community centres done years and years mm. ago. Yeah. Well, you went there, you had these strong male figures that shout at you if you got out of line. Mm. That's what community centres yeah. sort of done. Why the government closed them down, I'll never know. Yeah, yeah, but they were so vital. And yeah. I think they're more vital now. Yeah. And with what CIP is doing, opening these workshops, do you get people qualifications? Do you educate the kids in here or are you just giving them somewhere to release their emotions? At the moment, we're just giving them a place to come to just explore like what is manhood really? Because I don't think we do that, you know? I mean, I know personally it's taken me, so it took me 35 years to start even considering that I was allowed to have fear, like that that was a legitimate, um, emotion that was okay for a man to have you know like well, did the did the government not put things in place to make you think about your adulthood like you can't smoke till you're 16 mm. you can't drink till you're 18 when you become an adult was that the government's way of trying to address I'm, the situation do you think i'm not sure because <laughs> it didn't so for me I didn't. I never trusted any authority. Yes, yeah, right? yeah. So it doesn't matter what the government well, or the schools or whatever do. First interaction with an authority was volatile and yeah. violent. So why that? Why are you gonna mm. trust anyone like that? Right. And so I think that what's what's needed. This is what these institutions need to do as well. Which is what we're trying to do with the CIP project. And that is create a safe container and a safe space and build trust. But if you're going to try and cut someone down, punish them and, 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 and use that method, you're not going to build safety and trust. Safety and trust and connection is what is going to like move what it's, me It's used. that security first yeah. of all, Has to, to help people to feel safe enough to express what's been damaging them for so long. Has to be. 
It's the big thing, and it's yeah. better. It's better people like me, like yourself, like the other people around the workshops that you've got. Yeah. It's better people having the experience and going through that sort of life, relating to these kids, better instead of some kid falling out of a university and trying to educate totally. kids on something they don't know. No. And that's what's going on. Yeah. They'd rather go and hire some advocate to try and teach kids off the street about street life. Yeah. Exactly. You've, n- you've never been on a street in your life, mate. You need people like yourself, people like me and others, who are reformed characters, not living on the fringes of crime still and still getting mm-hmm. a little bit of dough off it. Reformed characters who's yeah. been through the run of the mill, who's been through the system, who's been through all the violence and all disruption and trauma yeah. and got out the other side strong, exactly. willing to help others. And that's what a real man's about. Exactly. So I'm happy to say I'm sat facing a real man with s- similar... Models to myself and um, yeah. ideas, so it's good. I agree. I'm going to round this up. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to say before we round this, this interview up, Dave? Anything on your mind? Anything? Um, no, I think that that was good. I appreciate what you were saying. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, well, it's my only second interview, so I've come across a bit abrupt and a bit too mm-hmm. on, on forced on you. Yeah. I'll ask you I a few questions. Yeah. They're going to be uncomfortable. Okay. This is before I finish. Yeah. You don't have to answer them. You can if you want. Cool. Have you ever killed a man? No. Have you ever been nonced? No. And that's it, mate. <laughs> Podcast number two with Dave. It's been a blessing. Well done. Choose a life, not a knife, people. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Hope you're good, mate. Cool.